Welcome fellow wanderers to a melodic journey through the enchanting realms of Tolkien's Middle-earth. In this episode of Lore of the Rings, we embark on a melodious expedition, comparing and contrasting three lyrical songs from The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, with their literary counterparts. These songs, Blunt the Knives, Far Over the Misty Mountains Cold, and Song of the Lonely Mountain, serve as the lyrical threads that weave together the narrative fabric of Tolkien's beloved tale. So let the melodies carry you away as we explore the harmony between the written word and the silver screen, and discover how these songs remain faithful to the spirit of Tolkien's work. Now, let's wander. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We start our journey with the very first song from The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Blunt the knives, bend the forks. This song is sung by the rowdy company of dwarves after their unexpected party at Bilbo's home just before Thorin makes his grand entrance in the film. It's a moment of levity and camaraderie, a light-hearted break from the impending adventure. But what's really interesting about this song is that it falls under the category of diegetic music, a term I stumbled upon while listening to the Fantastic Soundtrack Show podcast. Diegetic music, for those unfamiliar, is music that exists within the fictional world of the story music that the characters are aware of and actively participate in. In this case, the dwarves are not just singing for our entertainment, they're singing to tease and poke fun at poor Bilbo. The lyrics of Blunt the Knives, Bend the Forks are a delightful adaptation of Tolkien's own words, with only minor tweaks. You can find the lyrics in the first chapter of The Hobbit, where, after supper, Thorin requests some music. Now, in the book, Bilbo takes on more of a host role, trying to assure the dwarves, whereas in the film, he's primarily concerned about the aftermath of the dwarves' feast. Who can blame him, though? Hosting an unexpected party of dwarves is no small feat. The lyrics themselves are pretty straightforward. The dwarves are clearly having a laugh at Bilbo's expense, playing on his hobbit sensibilities. This song is actually a prime example of irony, just in case you need to stick that in the face of your middle school English teacher. In both the book and the film, this song serves to ratchet up Bilbo's uncomfort as his grand adventure is just beginning. At this point, his bag inside is firmly in control. Or perhaps this song is the first crack in the door that allows his took side to start asserting itself. It's almost as if the dwarves are saying, Hey Bilbo, don't take yourself so seriously. Have a little fun. Will this be the moment that sets Bilbo on the path to becoming the adventurous hobbit we know and love? Only time will tell. That's it for the first song, a tune that's not only catchy, but also laden with subtle hints about Bilbo's transformation. Now we move on to the dwarvish-focused song, Far Over the Misty Mountains Cold. Like the previous song, this one is also diegetic, sung by the dwarves themselves. The lyrics of Far Over the Misty Mountain are a direct pull from Tolkien's own writings, albeit condensed for the film. In fact, the movie version only includes two of the ten verses from the original song. Now you may be slightly smirking if you're one of those readers who skips over the songs in Tolkien's works. 
But if you are, you might be missing out on some hidden gems, some of which I'll call out in a moment. However, I stumbled upon a remarkable cover version that truly brings this song to life. The talented artist, Calamavi de Profundis, took Howard Shore's original composition and transformed it into a nearly complete arrangement of all ten verses. What sets this rendition apart is how it weaves scenes of Smog's attack with Tolkien's words and Shore's music. It's a mesmerizing experience that captures the essence of the song. Be sure to check out the link in the show notes for this episode to fully appreciate this unique interpretation. Now, let's talk about what the film version conveys. Those two verses used in the movie capture the core of the song. Yet what's missing is the grandeur of Erebor, the Lonely Mountain, and how deeply its loss affected the dwarves. For most of the company, that fateful day when Smog attacked is a faraway history. For them, this song is more than just a melody. It may be like a national anthem, a living memory of their past. To borrow a line from another song in the film, the dwarves sing, quote, For a home, a song that echoes on. In the film, Far Over the Misty Mountains serves as a turning point for the dwarves. They've assembled, they've feasted, and they've shared their jovial songs. However, this song is the point of no return for them. It marks the beginning of their adventure, the rallying point from which they will launch their quest to reclaim their homeland from the clutches of the dragon. Now I don't know about you, but on a cold, cloudy day, Thorin's voice starts echoing in my head, far over the misty mountains cold. It's a haunting melody that tugs at the heartstrings and reminds us of the epic journey that lies ahead. Before we delve deeper into today's episode, I want to take a moment to mention that if you're enjoying the podcast, you have the opportunity to show your support. If you'd like to contribute and help keep the show going strong, you can visit buymeacoffee.com slash lotrpodcast or tap the link in the show notes. It's like sharing a figurative wafer of Lumbus with me, your humble host. Your support means everything. Now we have one last lyrical song from the first Hobbit film to get to. We'll do that right after this brief break. We're not done yet. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back. You can be the hero of your own Marvel Comics adventure. Marvel Strike Force is an extraordinary mobile game, a haven for comic book enthusiasts and gamers alike. Lead your own fellowship of heroes and villains to battle against the forces of darkness that threaten the very fabric of the universe. From the menacing Doctor Doom to the formidable Apocalypse, every battle is a chance to prove your mettle. And right now, Marvel Strike Force is commemorating its six-year anniversary. That means free rewards await those who heed the call and sign up today. With weekly events and bonuses, this anniversary celebration promises a treasure trove of special rewards. Rally your allies, sharpen your blades, and dive into the action of Marvel Strike Force today. Use code MAXPOOL to unlock free new treasures. That's code MAXPOOL, all one word, on the mobile game Marvel Strike Force. Now, back to Wandering. The last song is called Song of the Lonely Mountain, and is performed by Neil Finn. This song, unlike the others, is not diegetic but rather for our enrichment only, and is played over the final credits of the film. 
Many of the lyrics themselves are taken from various phrases from the book, but most of this song is an original work, attempting, and succeeding, I think, to get at the heart of the dwarvish quest. This song closes out the first film, right after the final scene of Thorin and Bilbo being dropped off by eagles, and looking to the east, and seeing the lonely mountain for the first time. For Thorin and Dwalin, seeing the mountain is like something from their far memory being made manifest again. For the others, it's something out of legend. Hence the line, what was before, we see once more. These lyrics are like a journey in and of themselves, with some verses communicating the journey towards the Misty Mountains, then laying under the Misty Mountains, then seeing the Lonely Mountain in the distance. You can almost imagine the dwarves saying some of these lines to encourage each other along the road. We'll be there soon. All eyes on the hidden door. Yet more than just the physical journey, this song beautifully portrays what this quest really means for the dwarves, and for Thorn especially. Since Smog's attack, they have been homeless vagabonds, forced into the wilderness for a meager existence. Thorin remembers the glory, the splendor, the grandeur of his home. He knows what it is to be a powerful dwarvish prince, respected, confident enough to scoff in the face of an elven king. Though going deeper than Thorin's own quest for revenge, this song also cuts to the heart of dwarvish nature, the desire for gold. In the book, during the negotiations, we find this line, quote, Bilbo did not reckon with the power that gold has, upon which a dragon has long brooded, nor with dwarvish hearts. This insight into dwarvish nature is reflected in these lines from the song, quote, A fate unknown, the ark and stone, what was stolen must be returned. We'll ride in the gathering storm until we get our long-forgotten gold. Some folk we never forget some kind we never forgive. Haven't seen the back of us yet, we'll fight as long as we live. And from the previous song we looked at, quote, we must away ere break of day to find our long-forgotten gold. Now you and I may think, hey, it's just gold, go establish another kingdom somewhere else and start over. But you and I are mortal humans, not dwarves from Middle-earth. To shed some light on this, let's go all the way back to when dwarves were first created. For a deeper exploration of this, you can check out episode 2, Light and Life, but I'll do a condensed refresher for you here. In Tolkien's The Silmarillion, we learn that the dwarves were created by a member of the Valar. The Valar are the demigods who govern over all the world, and they had a master craftsman, a great smith named Aule. In a time when Melkor, the great enemy, Reigned in darkness and terror, Aule acted on a desire to shape sentient creatures after the fashion of elves and men. Because of the desperate time, Aule created the dwarves to be, quote, strong to endure. Therefore, they are stone hard, stubborn, fast in friendship and amnity, and they suffer toil more heartily than all other speaking peoples. When Aule shared his thoughts with his wife, the Vala, over all growing things, she responds in part, quote, they will love first the things made by their own hands, as doth their father. By the way, it's this little conversation that also kicks off the creation of the great eagles and the ants. But go check out episode 2 for more details on that. So you can see, the dwarves have a fatal flaw in their natures. They love the creations of their own hands above all else. Whether that be the Arkenstone, their gold, or their kingdoms. To give up and move on is not in their nature. 
Is that inherently bad or evil? I think not, as Gandalf was able to tap into that nature and point the dwarves on a journey that resulted in not only the great dragon's death and the destruction of the army of goblins in the north, but also in the banishment of Sauron from Mirkwood and the unwitting finding of the One Ring. All of those events which eventually led to the overthrow of Sauron and the saving of Middle-earth. Mere chance in the grand scheme of Middle-earth? I don't think so. In closing, the songs of The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, are more than just musical interludes. They are windows into the beauty of J.R.R. Tolkien's world. Blunt the Knives, Far Over the Misty Mountains Cold, and Song of the Lonely Mountain bridge the gap between the written word and the silver screen, capturing the essence of Tolkien's storytelling. They remind us of the humor, the history, and the heroism that define Middle-earth. I encourage you to not skip over these lyrical gems when you revisit Tolkien's tales, for in them we find the beating heart of a truly timeless adventure. Until next time, may the songs of Middle-earth continue to echo in your soul, connecting us to the enduring magic of this legendary realm. Thank you for wandering Middle-earth's music with me today. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Lore of the Rings Podcast. For feedback on the show, please email me using the link in the show notes. Until next Thursday, remember, not all those who wander are lost. For home a song that echoes on. For what was stolen must be returned Far over the misty mountains cold To dungeons deep and caverns old Okay, don't worry. I won't sing. I'll just stick to podcasting. Thanks for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.